0: Welcome to On The Mic Podcast. This is your host, Tim Drake. On today's episode, I have comedian and writer Janet Quinones. I was really excited to have Janet come on the show. Uh, We had originally crossed paths at Meltdown, uh, another one of the Meltdown family. Uh, Janet was not uh, not anybody that worked at Meltdown. Her and her husband would regularly come to shows and kind of cross paths that way. We've never actually sat down and talked. I didn't know uh, a ton about her, uh, but she runs a really popular comedy show out here called Drunkalog, and I wanted to be able to kind of talk to her about where she came from, how she got involved with that, and, you know, just some of her writing and comedy background. Uh, Jenna also currently works at NBC. Um, and so learning a little bit about that and how she got here, uh, she she only moved out here about four years ago from Texas and has just been, you know, grinding it out and making things happen. And it was really cool to hear her story. Uh, at one point, you'll, you'll hear me just kind of laugh. I don't mean to cut her off, but our stories are very, very identical, down to even the, uh, the frequency numbers uh, for a radio station that we both worked at in totally separate states. Uh, they're almost identical numbers. Um, but yeah, she she was telling me the story. I just kind of had to laugh because I was like, I feel like you're reading my biography right now. It was very, very weird. Uh, but yeah, it was great talking with Janet. I, I love getting to know different people within the comedy community that, you know, I didn't know anything about. So we became friends on Facebook shortly after Meltdown closed. And I think we ran into each other once. Uh, we kind of mentioned here like a, a conference over at Warner Brothers. Um, and that's about it. So when I reached out to her, I was glad that she actually remembered first off who I was. Uh, But she was so willing to come on the podcast and chat. It was such a great time being able to chat with her. Uh, Like I mentioned, she hosts a show out here in Los Angeles that is called Drunkalog. The next one coming up is September 11th at 8 p.m. at the Clubhouse Main Stage uh, here, here on my end of the valley. So on the east side of Hollywood, 1607 North Vermont Avenue is where the Clubhouse is at. And she has a killer lineup on this show. Uh, starts off, Travis Clyburn, Pat Johnson, Daniel Perez, Steph Tolov, Valerie Tossi, and one of my personal favorites, Beth Stelling, is on the show. That is going to be a killer show, and I don't know if I mentioned, it's free. So, you're going to want to get out to that. I mean, a free show in Los Angeles. What better thing can you ask for? Get out there and check out Drunkalog, September eleventh at the clubhouse and you'll hear Janet also talk about how she ended up coming up with the idea of drunkalog and and everything that that involves. Uh, I was really embarrassed because I didn't realize that they were doing the show at the clubhouse that's literally just like three blocks away from me all this time. I thought it was over at the Ruby, and they could have been going and and I just I was stupid and didn't so now that i know that it's just right outside my door basically i will definitely be there so come join me september 11th over at the clubhouse at 8 p.m. uh for this this coming month's drunkalog Tom sent over some of their new Star Wars collaboration shoes. Uh, you can head over to my Instagram, at timdrake42, and check out those shoes. Uh, they're, they're awesome. I absolutely love them. Uh, I've got a couple pairs of them here. I'm definitely going to be buying some more. I'm going to grab my wife a pair as well. If you go to toms.com, you can select which charity you would like a portion of your purchase to go towards. There are so many great things on there. Homelessness, mental illness, equality. It's a lot of great things. Tom's has always been about giving back. And, you know, it makes me excited, you know, that they're, they're continuing to do great things. And thank you to them for sending over this pair of Tom's shoes uh, with their Star Wars collaboration. It's the perfect thing. I'm finally getting over to check out Galaxy's Edge in another in another month here. And it's going to be the perfect pair of shoes to wear down there and, uh, and, and, and celebrate everything Star Wars. So I'm really excited about that. And thank you to Tom's for sending those over. Make sure to get out there and pick yourself up a pair. Coming up next week, we will be at Long Beach Comic Con, August 31st through September 1st. I'm very excited to be back there. Uh, the Long Beach Convention Center is just a good time. It's right there on the water. Uh, it's great to you know be able to go and enjoy the convention and then walk over to the pier and, and have some lunch. It's, it's just a beautiful scenery. And you know, last year was our first time there at Long Beach Comic Con. I'm thrilled that they allowed us to come back and it was just such a good time. I'm very excited to be going back down to Long Beach. I don't make it down there very often. So any excuse to head back, especially when it's Comic-Con related, I'm I'm game four. So we'll also be filming a little bit of this upcoming 31 Days of Horror while we're there. Uh, so make sure you watch out for that starting October 1st. I'm very excited to get down there and shoot a few of those uh, because we wanted to do them last year, but it's just kind of a drive for us. So... Since we're going to be down there, may as well knock out two things at once. And yeah, I'm very excited to be back at Long Beach Comic Con, August 31st through September 1st. Tickets are still available at longbeachcomiccon.com. Get over there, check those out. Pick up, pick yourself up a pair, get the family a pair. Just get over to Long Beach Comic Con. Again, thank you to Janet Quinones for taking the time to come and join me on the podcast. It was such a great time talking with her. Make sure you follow her and Drunkalog on all the links available on the website. Until then, we will see you possibly at Long Beach Comic Con. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Enjoy the episode.
1: to do in one shot or do you try to do you just worry about editing it later or you try not to so i want to make sure i try to be careful not to go off
0: topic or oh you know, yeah rant go okay. wherever the hell okay. you <laughs> want. It, n- none of them I, I i prefer it to just kind of be loose and where okay. it goes it goes yeah when matt Knudsen was on uh, a couple weeks ago uh-huh. i had people that were mad that i didn't talk to him about malcolm in the middle oh, okay and i was yeah. like conversation didn't go there like yeah, we talked a yeah. little bit of his tv stuff that's but good that
1: means you have enough of a fan base that they're like where's the you know like yeah. they have an uproar about something yeah. so or at least good.
0: matt has enough of a yeah. fan base so one way or the other <laughs> yeah no you got <laughs>
1: listeners who are looking for yeah. to listen to for the something so that's good yeah, yeah i was
0: i was just like all right well sorry yeah. like, I, I apologized for it in the episode i posted yesterday because yeah. i was just like yeah Sorry, I just Who go, knew? Where, the, I go yeah. where the conversation goes that yeah. nobody <laughs> wants to hear you be like all right so you grew up here yeah and, uh, i know yeah like there's there's plenty of people already doing that right. for one and it just yeah it gets boring yeah a lot of people cycle through the same podcast and yeah. it's like there's so many i've listened to when they've when they go from like id 10 to wtf to Dak uh-huh. shepherd to mm-hmm. uh you know like pete holmes it's like Sometimes yeah. they'll get asked a question and they say the same thing almost verbatim. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't yeah, want Yeah, it's that. good to have
1: a format, <laughs> I guess, but also to be just kind of loose and yeah. ready to do anything. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Especially when I, I mean, so many people that I have on mm-hmm. have an improv background right. like yourself. And, yeah. And so it's like, no, yeah, it's just yeah, to know where, just it go where it goes
1: <laughs> yeah that's good then you're li- then as a listener you don't know what to expect and it's like that's part of the fun so yeah if any
0: listener has expectations of the show <laughs> then they're listening to the wrong yeah. show <laughs> <laughs> So but I'm, I'm glad that you were able to, to make yeah, it down me too. here. I I think we have only crossed paths, correct me if I'm wrong, uh-huh. but just through meltdown, through meltdown before it had closed.
1: Yeah, you were um, interning there right towards yeah. the end. Do you remember when um, the last meltdown show was?
0: It was March 30th of
1: 2017. Yes 20, 2018. Oh 2018. Oh yeah. my gosh. so we weren't we were going a lot longer than I thought. Um, okay, but that is where we cross paths. That yeah. was the first time you were, and I was a regular going to that show. So, my yeah, husband and I was, go,
0: I was like, there yeah n- nightly pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I remember
1: seeing you. So, but that's how we cross paths. And then after that, I think I might have spotted you out like at a conference or something like that once. But other than oh, yeah, that, I, th- I been, think it was yeah. like
0: the Warner Brothers, yes, uh, the ATT yeah. thing that Warner Brothers does. Yeah,
1: and then other than that, just, you know, kind of probably we're connected on Facebook. So we we'll yeah. see each other's stuff all the time.
0: Yeah, but. I see. It, it's funny because there was just such a community mm-hmm. at meltdown that I and I, I know so many listeners are probably like yeah 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 we get it meltdown 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 yeah. but it, it was I such a unique it. community and it when i moved to los angeles that was like okay I know I have meltdown right? because I had been building that when I was coming back and forth from Utah. And so I was like, all right, there's my home.
1: Yeah, it was like a home base, right? I mean, for for us, when we moved here from Texas in 2016, it was May of 2016, that was immediately the place that we went to every Wednesday without fail. And it was just, it was like home. And then Mm -hmm. we, uh, so many friendships were spawned from that, from standing in line for for the show to start or you know just meeting people after the show and then you'd see them at other shows and it was like a little comedy community so yeah i still have those same friendships and we see each other at other shows and now i do my own show so i see them at mine yeah (laughs) um yeah it's it was really something special so we were very sad when it ended
0: yeah i I don't get to see as many of them as i would like because i just ever since it closed i just kind of had to start really focusing on other things i was like all right well that's yeah. Well, that's closed and yeah. now I just have to focus on yeah. on writing and some of the other the other aspects. And right. it's like I've gone to shows at Dynasty Typewriter and yeah. run into some of the friends that I that I worked with there. Yeah. And, uh, Max Kerwin and I went and hung out over there one night just to hang out with some of the former Meltdown family. But
1: Max is at the Ruby still? Or yeah,
0: Max is over at the Ruby uh, yeah. and then he's been doing a ton of stand-up lately.
1: Oh yeah, I didn't know that. I need to catch him somewhere out. He's such a nice guy. Yeah, I love Max. Yeah, and he um, I remember, he was, I don't, well I don't know if he's still doing this, but he was working the box office. Um, I was on a sketch team at the Ruby for mm-hmm. almost a year, I think. Yeah. And then we it, it ended and then the, the rest of the team merged with another newer team. Um, but it was called the volcano, and he was our like our, he was always our uh, door person. Yeah. So yeah, I got to know him that way, and very nice guy. Yeah, yeah I'll I'm, have to go I'm, catch I'm pretty his sure that he
0: that he is still over there.
1: Yeah, I want to catch his stand-up, though. I you know I'm always looking for people to do the show. So yeah, yeah, I have to go. I didn't know that he was doing stand-up. have Yeah, go check when, it out.
0: When when we were doing open mics at Meltdown, it's like that was kind of it, and he had gotten mm-hmm. a new job at the time, so sometimes he couldn't even make it yeah. to that, and then all of a sudden he's yeah he's doing a bunch lately yeah. and I'm, I'm proud of him and he put out his poetry book back in december i saw his post about that it, it's yeah. fantastic it's okay. such, it yeah. such a great book
1: <laughs> but yeah who else do you um, uh, james
0: else? smink uh he does oh, a lot oh, of sketches for conan and stuff okay. and uh mm-hmm. he was he was only there about once or twice a week because okay. his schedule was so busy yeah uh, like james actually co-hosted the show with me down at comic-con last okay. month yeah. Because uh, he had time off from Conan and all of my guests and co-hosts at first fell through and I was like, help. And oh, no. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. That happens j- sometimes when you're booking and producing stuff. Yeah. You got to be ready for the in- inevitable, so.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it was weird because when that happened, I didn't feel like that sense of panic. Like, Part yeah. of me did, part of me was just like, shit, what am I doing <laughs> now? But the other part of my brain was just like, all right, it's got to yeah. happen. Yeah. Like, there's people depending on you, so <laughs> you better put this together. Right. And, yeah. Luckily people rallied rallied around for me. And I was just like, thank God there's good people out there.
1: <laughs> Always there's the LA is, is full of, you know, people that want to to help you do it in whatever way that they can and I've I found that to be true. If you yeah. if you're putting out something creative and you're doing it with your heart, I find that the support is there. It just is. I, I don't know how it works, but it does.
0: Yeah, so. the the entire comedy community here is no matter mm-hmm. how big and how small yeah. people are and i mean people put you know some of these like comedy icons up on certain pedestals yeah. and it's like no they're they're they so much or just they want to be on the same level as everyone else and hang yeah. out with with everybody else and i
1: often wonder once uh, like someone breaks out whether it's they get a show or they you know do a movie or whatever it is if they ever i have to imagine they must miss that just kind of simple camaraderie that happens uh, in when you're just doing show to show and or your own show that it's like things change, you know, and it's a whole different set of um, like probably pressures are put on you as, as a performer to measure up to the last, you know, great thing that you did. Um, Agents and managers get involved. I just, you know, I'm sure there's probably a a wish for like the simpler time. Oh, I'm sure. Doing it for the fun of it and not just about money. Yeah. So even though it's funny because it's like a trap because like that's the goal. Everybody that's out here that's doing, that's hustling whichever way they are, whether it's writing or stand up or improv or sketch or whatever it may be. That's the goal is that you want to either be staffed on a show. You want to have a special, whatever the thing is. And and then like ultimately once that happens, things do change. Yeah. yeah.
0: People look at you different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, can can I talk to them still? Are <laughs> they still the same? <laughs> I know. It yeah. must be like
1: that. I, I would not know. So <laughs> I am still very much in the beginning <laughs> of my journey. So <laughs>
0: No, there there's been there's been some that as I've worked with them and they've gotten bigger that I almost feel like they Almost loosen up a little bit more, mm-hmm. yeah. and the, and I think it's because they're like, all right, cool, I'm I'm having fun now, and yeah, none of this matters. So it's, yeah, and, and I've I've kind of noticed that with some that I've had had a chance to work with from when they were, mm-hmm. you know, really at the bottom of the totem pole, and now where they're kind of middle of the totem pole, working yeah. their way to the top. Yeah. yeah, they still are just the same same yeah, normal person, just yeah. with a lot less stress. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: I hope that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Now, how how long
0: has it been since you uh, moved out here from Texas?
1: Um, It's been a little over three years. Um, I moved here from Houston, but I'm originally from Austin. Uh, My husband and I met in Houston, uh, married uh, right about the time that I was being laid off from a very corporate job. (laughs) Um, But I'd worked there for long enough, and I'd always wanted to write for television. I've always wanted to work in entertainment, and it was just like the perfect you know, time to, to mm-hmm. try it. So, you know, my, you know, kudos to my husband because uh, can you imagine like we were, uh, we were not, we were engaged. We had a date set. And then I find out I'm going to be laid off and I have to go to him and say, like, I know you met me and I was this corporate woman that's like auditing and doing compliance, but. I kind of, I want to write for television. And would you be willing to move to Los Angeles if you can just imagine that conversation? And I, I swear to you, I thought he was going to laugh in my face or tell me (laughs) that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Or like, I, you know, I don't even know what I thought he would do, but he, he was like, well, like, okay, like we'll try it and see what happens. And um, yeah, so I'm, I mean, my, I still, I, I I was waiting for the other shoe to drop and, and so far, he loves it here, and so it was, it was a good move for both of us, and, um, I've had nothing but support every step of the way, whether it's been friends who live here that have introduced me to people, or, um, people have said, hey, you know, I need someone to come help out for a few days a week at, you know that's actually what happened how i'm you know i'm working at nbc right now although that's going to change i think i'm not really sure i'm in limbo at the moment yeah. but um but yeah we moved here 3 years ago and we we're still going strong and no i don't intend to leave anytime soon i'm having a lot of fun so
0: yeah have, having that that supportive spouse is is everything and i mean it was pretty much the same the same situation for me where it was i i was we we my wife and i got married and i was in business school and right. hating every second of it right i was i had a good job working you know for the utah jazz like for their oh wow their uh, retail establishment managing okay. stores like it was it was a good mm-hmm. high paying job and not as high as it could have been paying but <laughs> yeah, right. i know some of those it guys that i work with they're gonna listen to it and be like what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about i wasn't i mean it paid it paid decent though for a utah salary yeah. and and I just, I could not take business school and stuff anymore, and I started oh, yeah. seeing guys that I went to high school with that were graduating with their MBAs, mm-hmm. and working almost the same jobs I was without a bachelor's degree. Right. And I was like, what's the end game here? Right. I was like, this is, and I was planning already, like, I would use it for entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I hate this so much, and I was in my, one, one of my, I had about a year and a half left towards my bachelor's. Yeah. And... I was sitting in an accounting class, and I was just like, this is the worst. And my wife and I took a vacation out here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I just need to get to LA. I haven't been in a while. I was like, I just need a break. Yeah. And everything just felt right. And I was just like, all right, this is what I'm going towards now. And I finished that semester, took a year off, and then jumped into film school and started going that route. And I was like, nope, that's That's what you want to do. And everybody was like, are you crazy? And I was like, yep, kind of crazy. But my wife was one person who was like, I know you can do it. So, that you're so.
1: So, you're do so it. Right. The supportive <laughs> spouse, if that, or if you're not married, I mean, having friends that are supportive, yeah. whatever, but having a support group of whatever that means is critical because mm-hmm. other, if other, I don't know if I could have done it by myself or not, not having friends out here or something right. like that. So. Yeah, I'm very grateful for that. But yeah, we've been here since then. And um, yeah, I love it. I'm in the I'm like I said, I'm in limbo right now. I have no idea what's where I'm going to be working in a few months. But uh, but you know, it's funny that like, I'm not afraid or uh, I feel really peaceful about it. It's like, yeah, I'll work somewhere. I don't know what it'll be doing, right. but like I've got all my feelers out and I'm, you know, got interviews lined up and I'm going to try to stay at NBC if I can. And there's uh, what I would consider a dream job for me. It's actually um like supporting the comedy development group. Oh, nice. Um, but, you know, I applied for it. I had a phone interview. Have no idea if I'm going to get an in-person <laughs> and I've got other interviews lined up. So I'm at, like doing other things one at Warner Brothers. And yeah. Um, you know, and I just, I just, I know everything's gonna be fine, no matter what. So I yeah, don't stress too much.
0: I hear that a lot with people within the industry when it's like you know that mm-hmm. you, you know that a lot of things aren't going to last forever. They're right. going to, I mean, especially on the writing and acting yeah. side of it. Like those jobs come and go. Yeah. Like they're you you might be writing for a show for thirteen episodes and then and it's then canceled. Nothing. And, <laughs> and then what do you do? Yeah. yeah. on to the end. But I yeah. hear from so many people like sometimes it's the oh shit what Mm -hmm. like i I don't have a job now but then there's the there's that kind of piece that it's just like something will work out and once you have that one thing yeah it does kind of
1: any other studio
0: or something then they have a little bit of trust in you
1: right exactly i think that's a lot of it is that you um develop relationships which Mm -hmm. this whole industry is based on relationships and it's like once you've you know achieved a certain amount of whether it's um uh, like with me, I feel like I've, I've worked for a year at NBC and I feel like I know that those folks like are rooting for me and they hope I get this job. And if I don't, they're like, you know, you'll be back, you know, well, yeah. you can come back as a contractor. If there's another job you want to apply for a year from now, it's we're still here. Uh, and I know that like just you work hard and you try to be a nice person and easy to get yeah. along with, <laughs> um, you know, a team player kind of stuff. And then, you know, people want you back. So, right. that's yeah, so why i'm like all right i'm not gonna worry about this i just you know roll with it
0: yeah <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's all you can it's all you can do you just yeah. you just can't stress with it and i mean we're lucky to get to do a lot of the things that we do and yeah it's just like that's how i have to look at it like there were things that were kind of coming about even once meltdown closed and mm-hmm. then those all of a sudden slammed shut yeah faster than i could even really hop on board and yeah so then it was like all right um onto the next thing and just (laughs) kind of having to like stare forward and just be like, all right, like, yeah, something's going to give. Yeah. And it's like, I just kind of have to keep saying that like, all right, well, yeah.
1: Well, because the truth is, yeah, is the time is going to go by regardless. So it's like if you are going to embrace it and just be a person who can adapt to change or you can be worried and in fear and, you know, either way the time's going to go by. So it's like, how do you want to be, how do you want to personally feel um, during that time, you know, changes in it is just part of life. Yeah. So, yeah. And
0: if you're stressed about it too, I feel like it shows when you're, whether you're Mm -hmm. interviewing with a network executive or meeting with a showrunner or even going into casting, like Mm -hmm. it shows that stress shows on your face. It shows in your line delivery. Mm -hmm. One of the first pilots I ever wrote when I went back and read it after I had left working any type of retail job or anything, I was just like, I was angry like it was (laughs) because you just because it
1: wasn't as good as you thought it was or was
0: it because I mean it wasn't as good as I I mean everybody writes their first pilot like I wrote wrote a diamond in the rough right here (laughs) I mean it's definitely it's definitely not good by any stretch of the imagination yeah but it uh there, there well, was, why were
1: you angry? What was the anger? I part? just
0: hated working in retail so much. I hated oh. the oh, way okay. customers acted and yeah. so many of those things. And since the show was based in a retail environment. I was gonna
1: ask it, what was it, you know, was it based it, on your time working in yeah. retail? So okay. And so
0: there was so much angst behind it mm, okay. that I was just like, Oh, this isn't even funny. It's just yeah. It's just you it's being just, angry. Yeah, it's just me being, it, it, it was very uh, cathartic, I guess, yeah. but that was about it.
1: Yeah. So, how, do you, um, can I ask, have you written a lot of, like, specs or pilots, or?
0: I, I've written a handful of specs, mm-hmm. so I, uh, a web series that uh, myself and a couple friends did, mm-hmm. uh, we, I've been rewriting that pilot to actually try to develop it into a okay. regular show. Yeah. Because uh, the web series did all right, we took it offline and everything mm-hmm. because we're none of us are in that same spot anymore. So we were like, yeah. eh, like yeah. we thought about <laughs> the, the, when the Katie dids were on uh, for their second time, mm-hmm. uh, they were like, you know, put up a sizzle reel just for like your proof of concept and yeah. stuff. And so like, yeah. we've been kind of pulling little clips that we we're like, all right, this is, yeah, this is worthwhile to put back online. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. so I've rewritten that. And then uh, a couple other uh, specs that I've been working okay. on. Some some of already existing properties, yeah. and then several originals. So.
1: Okay. Or is that your, are you like me? Is that your goal to be staffed on a show, or is, is that what you would like to? Yeah, uh,
0: um... I, I, I've always kind of when i started i thought you know oh yeah like, like screenwriting like i'm, I'm yeah. gonna write movies and mm-hmm. the way i just fell in love more and more and more with tv mm-hmm. and i mean the real big part was like oh no i want to do late night like yeah i want to i want to write on conan or something like that and yeah then just the more and more i just continued to watch new shows and study different showrunners yeah. it was just like it just comes oh, to you that yeah. <laughs> you have some
1: ideas and you develop those and yeah, I've written a few pilots and um, and uh, and then several specs, um, like a play, like a one act play, and lots of essays and stuff like that, and yeah. storytelling pieces, and of course stand up material. But um, but yeah, I think. As time has gone by, I started out writing just straight comedy, and mm-hmm. like that was what I was after. And uh, then I fell in love with sketch and was doing that for a little bit and on a team. Um, but then I really have fallen in love with the dramedy area. Yeah, like that's kind of where the sweet spot is for mm-hmm. me. I, I, I that's. That's what I want to write, so and I still want to write a feature. I've got a few ideas yeah. floating around. So the yeah.
0: feature I just finished a second draft of is a dramedy. Okay, yeah. so it was one that had been bouncing around in my head forever, and yeah, I finally just had to sit down, and I so I started getting up at four in the morning each day. Wow, and writing for just an hour and a half yeah. straight before I start going on with anything else in my day. And
1: man, you are dedicated. <laughs> I don't think I've ever gotten up at 4am to write. <laughs> so, yeah. My hat's off to you. Yeah, the, thank you. It, uh, I
0: don't, I don't know that it's healthy to be doing it that way, but it, it made yeah. it that I always felt like my brain was just so much fresher. Yeah. In the morning. And by the time I'm back home in the middle of the afternoon, I'm just exhausted, and it's like I sit down and just yeah. mush comes out. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think everybody has like a productive time of day. Yeah. And if that's it for you, man, do it. You know. I, yeah. My, I find that uh, I just it's whenever I can get you know an hour here, an hour there. It used to be when I wasn't when I wasn't working full time, I you know could do like a block during the mm-hmm. day, like a four hour block. But now it's whenever. It's so usually nights and weekends. Yeah. I I
0: still get in some at night. Usually if I'm writing like a satire piece. Yeah. That'll come in Mm -hmm. later at night. Usually because it's been bouncing around in my head. Yeah. All day. And after Second City just beating that into me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've kind of got, I can sit down and just write those now where it's just like, all right, this is where I know it's structuring. Yeah. And like I I did a class as well with uh, Scott Dickers from The Onion and Mm -hmm. after Several weeks with Scott. He he also helps make sure that it's broken into your brain the correct way to, <laughs> to structure certain pieces. <laughs> yeah, because he does not he does not fluff anything. Yeah. So I mean, he's very much just like I mean, that you know, was can- shit. So I've I'll never fix it. <laughs> I've never
1: taken a class at Second City except for the when they have the open house. Mm-hmm. I did a couple of like seminar type things okay. or whatever. Yeah. But. Um, Yeah, everything I did was at UCB or UCLA Extension for screenwriting. Oh, cool. Yeah, I did their program. It's funny. I didn't actually set out to complete their certificate program, (laughs) but I kept taking classes. And eventually they emailed me and they're like, do you want to go to the graduation (laughs) ceremony? And I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, you've taken like more than enough classes to satisfy the screenwriting. I mean, the creative or the television writing certificate. And I was like. Well, yeah, I guess. Like, I'd like to have, you know, be part of the ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, but I what did exactly not plan. What exactly is
0: that? Because I, I know I've seen it yeah. pop up here and there.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I started out when I was still in Texas taking um, the first two classes online, which are, it was like beginning the the outline for a spec sitcom and then uh the second class is where you actually write it which i was very disappointed to find out that was going to take me two classes i was oh, like yeah. why aren't we writing anything And like, we're just <laughs> talking structure and we're not doing anything Right? But it's like of course with hindsight it's like yes dummy you need to like have you know it's like you there's a process it's not right. we don't just sit down and start type well some people can do that i can't but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, th- that's the heart of the program is, you know, learning how to write either a spec or a pilot or, well, I think really start with spec, right? Um, and I did that class online, and I'm just, I'm so glad that I had a really good instructor who I trusted and who was very thorough with notes and who was encouraging um, because, and I remember at the end of the second class, she was, this is about the time I was getting laid off, mm-hmm. and the question from students were like, do you need to live in that can you do you have to live in LA if you want to be a screenwriter and she was just no nonsense and she said yes yeah if that's your dream if that's your goal and of course tempered with if you can do anything else do that
2: right but <laughs> if
1: you have your heart if it's in your heart to do this thing yes you have to live in LA mm-hmm. and I I heard that and I was like okay I guess this is what yep. I want to do
0: <laughs> T- time to move yeah yeah so it, it's, it's it's so funny because like I, I remember in film school of course being mm. told that like yeah like you really want to a go at this if it's what you're going to do you, you have, have to live to in here. la and i there a book came across to me that uh i was like oh i'm gonna take a stab at this i don't buy into it just from the title right and it was how to write a how to write a uh, screenplay in 21 days oh i think i've heard of that and but I've i never was read just it. like yeah. i'm calling bullshit on this immediately <laughs> and right. i kind of thumbed through it and was like yeah just from seeing certain things like I know this is bullshit. Yeah. And then one of the things in the back, somebody's like, if I live in Buffalo, New York, they'd send in questions. Right. If I live in Buffalo, New York, can I be a screenwriter? And they're like, absolutely. And I'm just like... Yeah, what world are you? I'm sure you yeah. can write a screenplay in yeah. Buffalo, New York. Right, the odds you're going to get that to a manager and to an agent or to somebody to even you gotta read be it. here. I mean, I guess yeah. if you
1: have some degree of success, you can then move somewhere else and yeah. continue writing. <laughs> but you really do have to be here, especially for television. Oh I mean, yeah, I guess for film, if you I don't know if you wrote something that got that won the nickels or something, and you got a manager and you live somewhere yeah. else, that could happen. But I mean, really, I think it's the commitment and the people that you're going to meet are here. Exactly. So, yeah, you got to be here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's 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 where the heart of the industry is. How can you say you want to work somewhere that yeah. you're not willing to live? Right.
1: <laughs> That'd be like you wanting to work for the Utah Jazz, but stay here. Right? Yeah. You have to, like, you got to go there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: the, the only time that has worked for me has been living here and a radio show that I worked on mm-hmm. in Utah. Yeah. I produce all their Sundance Film Festival shows. Okay. And i mean for years i was on site and then didn't do it for a year i stepped away and mm-hmm. they forgot to like the producer at the time forgot to send in anything for it and i he, like oh, no. come january he's like hey uh, do you have all those letters and stuff that we usually send and i'm like yeah you were uh, supposed to have sent those in like october buddy oh no and he was just like yeah i didn't do that and so like i quickly yeah. sent them to him and so i was just like i'll take care of it again next yeah. year and so like this last Sundance, I just stayed here. Everybody kept being like, oh, "Are you coming out here?" And I was like, "No." No. Well, if you
1: I've, don't have I've to spent my anywhere. time in
0: the snow. And
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> unless I have something that's, yeah. I'm working on that. That Sundance, I don't. Right. I don't need to go back. Wow.
1: <laughs> and is that where you're from originally? Yeah, <laughs> I grew up in Utah. Okay. Okay. How was that? I'm like, I know you're supposed to be talking to me, yeah. but I want to know about <laughs> you more. So
0: like, it's uh, Utah's an interesting place to say the least. Yeah. So I mean, it's a gorgeous state. Mm -hmm. So I've been through it
1: once or twice, like going to, what's the, what's the national, the big national park that's there?
0: There's Zion, Zion arches and all that kind of in the, uh. Yeah, and that, the southern southern end of it. There's a
1: name of that, like the Grand Circle, maybe. There's like a name of that, like horseshoe, the horseshoe. No, like the, the it kind of connects the parks and they, they, it has like a name, like the Grand Circle or something like that. But anyway, the Grand
0: Staircase is that what it is? No,
1: it's actually just what they call all the parks connected. I don't know what it is. Like if you're doing the drive, okay, we'll have to look it up. We'll Google yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> but, <I, laughs> but it's yeah, I don't yeah. know what that is. But it's Zion Arches. All of those are part of it. Oh, Bryce, and I Bryce went, Canyon. And yeah, Bryce. I went to Bryce too. I think the only memory. I, I remember of utah other than the beautiful parks and of course the scenery and everything was going into a gas station i was a smoker at the time and i wanted to buy a pack of cigarettes and they were like no not happening and i was like what you don't sell cigarettes i was like astounded that a <laughs> gas station didn't sell cigarettes but i think it was like I, I guess maybe the person that ran it was um religious or something most and it was likely
0: like, that was it yeah it was the, yeah it was I
1: took it maybe Mormon, but I don't yeah. know, and it was like, nope, no cigarettes are coming, and being sold here, and I'm like, okay, know <laughs> we're completely yeah, that's, out. <laughs> that's,
0: that's my guess, is it was probably yeah. Mormon-owned or something, yeah. and so they, like, I, for a while I had lived, for two years I lived in Provo, mm-hmm. uh, Utah, that is right next to BYU, like, mm-hmm. literally I was... I could see the football stadium out my yeah. window. okay. And that was, actually it was three years I was down there. And my wife and I both joked that it was three of the worst years in the world. Mm. And she had spent much longer down there. She, she grew up in Idaho and then moved yeah. down uh, there with her mom. And so she had to deal with it much more than I ever did. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember going up to see my parents uh, up in Salt Lake mm-hmm. and I needed to get gas. Yeah. And the gas pumps were shut off on a Sunday. Okay. And I was like...
1: It's Sunday.
0: I, I need to get gas. Yeah, and that was, but it's Sunday. It's yeah, the Lord's Day.
1: That's right. It's like, yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> no, sure yes. if the Lord had to
0: get somewhere, he would fill up.
1: <laughs> he would but, fill up on Saturday. Yeah,
0: that's exactly. <laughs> no, oh, it, it, no it, you joke, uh, but that's yeah. 100% the truth of yeah. what they would say. Right. You would go into grocery stores. <laughs> <laughs> On Saturday, my my wife and I started calling it Mormon Mayhem, uh-huh. and it would like you you could go into a Walmart or anything like that, and it was just like craziness in all the grocery aisles. Loaded up before sun- before sundown. midnight.
1: Yeah, okay, midnight.
0: People would abandon carts
1: really if
0: they could not check out before midnight. Wow. That's now that is not commitment. just. Now that should not like. <laughs> don't think i'm saying all oh, mormons are all-. Yeah. no it's a very select little area yeah. that are kind of yeah. that crazy like i cannot do this on sunday like wow yeah, yeah it was yeah we, you, they would abandon their carts so that yeah. they were not breaking the sabbath well i mean hey if that's what you want to do devotion. yeah that's devotion yeah. i th- personally think it's nuts but
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i grew up in the south um i mean other than i was born and raised in texas but i lived in the deep south mm-hmm. for a number of years i lived in charleston south carolina and atlanta and uh I remember there being um the I think it was called blue laws like no, not open on Sunday yeah, and just nothing you just that was that was how it worked and it wasn't until maybe the I don't know late nineties mid nineties late nineties when that changed, but it was just a fact of life you just deal with it yeah <laughs> so.
0: yeah it's 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 such a strange way to go about things, but yeah yeah- you, yeah utah's uh. It, it's strange to see to see a state that is so mm-hmm. governed by religion. Yeah. So I mean, saying that you know in South mm-hmm. Carolina and Georgia, clearly it's kind of the same. Yeah. The same ideals there, but even this last uh, midterm elections, there were things that were passed that mm-hmm. the church stepped in, and we like, "That's cool that you voted on that." That's not what you're getting.
1: Oh wow.
0: And people were like, oh, "Cool, that's not how democracy works." You right. don't get to. And but they sure enough. Like, they voted in medicinal marijuana. Never thought in my life I would see that happen in Utah. Right. But it passed. Uh-huh. And then a couple of lobbyists, uh, with a couple of church lobbyists, were like, cool, we're rewriting that. You're not getting the bill you voted on. Wow. And they tried to do it with uh, with Medicaid expansion as well. Uh-huh. And, yeah, it's uh It's a it's different a, world. It's a whole different world. Yeah. And well,
1: I mean, if there's enough power behind it, yeah. then,
0: you know, that's something. Yeah, it's a... Yeah. Uh, I'm, needless to say, I'm happy to be out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, for me too, I mean, it's, um, I'm a Democrat. So it's like for me, you know, Texas, even though the cities I lived in were purple yeah. or, you know, especially or, down in Austin or blue. <laughs> right. But even though it was still like, the, you know, I also used to work in the oil business. Um, okay. So that's very much, you know, Republican and lobbied, you know. Right. To, yeah. So I, I know. I remember like not feeling comfortable talking about politics at work, mm-hmm. and that's been a huge change living here yeah. and being able just to be more open about you know who I'd vote for and things like that. Right? Just, yeah. It's it's a it's a big change. I don't think just based on that, I don't think I would move back to Texas. But my family's there, and that's always going to be home for me. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't I don't see ever moving back.
0: Yeah. My like my parents uh, and my sister and her husband are still there, but. Yeah. My other brothers are out of the state and I know yeah. one of them has very just definitively told me he's like I would never move back there. Yeah. Like he's like I could never raise a family there. Yeah. Like w- equality for women is like 49th in the country. Oh wow there. And he's like, How am I supposed to raise a daughter there? Yeah. And yeah. not have her treated the same as right. as a man. He's like, I couldn't I couldn't do that in good conscience. Yeah. And oh, so no. it's like I kind of laugh because I'm like, I don't
1: <laughs> <laughs> Once you leave And you realize You know Things are different yeah. Other places And you know uh, I mean like I said It's always going to be home I'll always yeah. I'll always go visit. I mean I, I, I was always the holidays pretty and,
0: yeah. Vocal about it To living there Like yeah. when Obama Was running Even yeah. his first term <laughs> in like and I was living in one of the most conservative areas mm-hmm. and I had on one of my car windows just a giant Obama 08. Yeah. <laughs> and the looks I would get yeah. driving down the street. And I was just like I don't care. Yeah. Like this yeah. is this is who I am. Deal with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I know it's a whole different world yeah. out here and and like I said I just don't I don't see. It. of course there could be a case made for like people like you and me need to live there so we can right. change things but so well.
0: I yeah, guess. and And for those that do, thank you. But for my own sanity, no, thank you. Yeah,
1: everybody thinks it's it's very, but it is like I, you know, in Houston and Austin, it's like it is not as Republican as people think. Right. So, uh, but but still, still too too uh, red for me. Yeah, Salt
0: Salt Lake City's you know it's it's that little teeny semi purple dot mm-hmm. but the rest of it is <laughs> it's yeah it's it's so dark red that uh yeah it's 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 uncomfortable yeah <laughs> yeah so when, when you when you started you know kind of making that transition you were taking mm-hmm. those classes through yeah. UCLA was a was it always going to be kind of comedy like yeah. te- like comedy television or was it more where you went to UCB and that uh, that you were going to focus on on sketch
1: it was always comedy for me and from childhood like that was um how how i knew that i wanted to do this thing like write for television was um when i was little and this will date me as far as my age but um i was uh, about five and i would um make up stories for the jeffersons after i'd watched the show with my parents and uh, yeah, I'd be in my room at night and I would be like making up new episode ideas for the show. And, you know, that was kind of my first like before I knew it was a job. I was like, oh, like I, I, I make up stories for existing television shows. And so even now I'm still like uh, Norman Lear is, is yeah. a huge influence. But it was always comedy. My dad is a huge influence on me with that. We would watch, um, he was, they were very, my parents were very permissive and they would allow me to watch whatever I wanted. So I'd watch SNL, I'd stay up late. Um, my dad and I would watch Mel Brooks movies, um, Benny Hill (laughs) and like, you know, (laughs) which is a little racy for a little girl to be watching, but you know, we'd watch that, um, and then, like, George Carlin was a big one, and Richard Pryor, and so it was always comedy for me, and it hasn't been until I've been here and, like, just started developing my own voice that I realize it's more dramedy. I'm not, like, a, like a, a jokes-per-page kind of writer. Mm-hmm. I, I still struggle with that, if that's the requirement. Right. Um, I want to write, like, the heartfelt, meaningful, poignant scenes that are punctuated with comedy and so i i still comedy is still my love but it's it's kind of morphing more into dramedy so
0: so when when you've written some of the specs have you have you ventured back to the Jeffersons or or no. any of that?
1: No, um like I mean that's still I that was just the the like genesis of like okay. you, you know you know when you're a kid every child like exhibits right. something that that that's the thing that they're supposed to be doing. Um and that was mine, but unfortunately <laughs> I was being punished at the time so it was like in the dark in my room at night and I didn't tell anybody about it. You know, I just fantasized about different episode ideas for that show in particular. Um, And I, I, you know, it's funny, but like I still had years when I was a teenager and in my 20s when I was like, everybody else knows what they want to do. How come I don't know what I want to do? What's my purpose? Like, what do I what am I meant to be here for? And Mm -hmm. um, but it was already back then that I knew I just didn't. I lost touch with it yeah and it wasn't until I was um in my you know early 30s taking writing classes and like doing um my own kind of essay writing or I would try to I was always a journaler like I would always write journals and things like that and it wasn't until I took a class where it kind of came back to me that about the Jefferson story and like that kind of stuff where I was like Oh, I, I should take a screenwriting class. Where I haven't I thought of this? Yeah. So it just I just lost touch with it, and I think, you know, I was um, uh, I, t- I went to film school. It wasn't like it was not AFI. It was like <laughs> a, like the local technical college yeah. in Charleston that had film classes, and I I knew I it was I like I knew what it that I wanted to be close to that i just didn't know what the thing exactly was mm-hmm. so i knew i wanted to take film classes i interned at a radio station for a couple of years i feel
0: like you're reading my imdb right now <laughs> it's, it's very weird <laughs>
1: we have similarities yeah. Uh, yeah um yeah i i interned at a radio station and the funny story about that was is um i interned long enough that they were going to trust me to be To go uh, to do on air on like a graveyard shift or something. And I would do the remotes and I would work the board when other people were out, you know, doing remotes. But it was like my big chance was coming up and I was going to get to do my own shift and be on the air. And um, two things happened. I was going to get married. This is my first marriage. So I was going to get married and I had to go away. I was going away to be married. And so I missed my chance. And then they said, it's okay. You can do it next weekend when you come back. And when I came back, I had pneumonia that I was hospitalized for. And I was like in intensive care for 10 days. And I'm not kidding when I say like, it's a hard business it was like, those were your two chances. <laughs> so yeah. no matter, I was like dying in the hospital. And it was like, I remember coming back out and, and like the DJs came and visited me and, you know, they dedicated songs to me and it was all very nice. <laughs> but I remember going back like the next week and... It, like, this is how cutthroat radio is. It's so crazy to think about this now. And I thought my world was ending, of course. But um, I remember going to, like, the staff meeting. And I'm just, an in- I'm, like, not even being uh. paid. And they were like, and this is going to make you laugh when you hear the name of the station. Like, I worked at 96 Wave, and we were the station in Charleston. It was, like, the alternative state. Like, we were playing, like, Stone Temple Pilots and Nirvana and all that stuff. That was the time frame. Um, and when I came back from being sick, and I was like, just you know, back here I am doing the intern stuff, yeah. you know, whatever r- giveaways or whatever we're doing. And uh, we were at a staff meeting, and somebody said, "Janet, you know, uh, you weren't here last week, and we were thinking somebody spotted you at a like 108 Weasel, which was the country station. <laughs> weasel was the country station. Sounds about right for a. Yeah, and that station. was their mascot was a weasel, and they were like, somebody saw you at the Weasel event, and I'm like what Are they talking about? Like, it I was have dying never, in the hospital. right? Like, <laughs> I would never even have gone near something like that, right? And so, uh, I was just like, no, that wasn't me. And they were like, well, you know, we've all talked and we think that maybe it's best <laughs> if you don't oh, work geez. here anymore. And I'm thinking, I don't even get paid. So, I got yeah. like almost kind of fired from, from an, a, an a, internship. internship. And it was like, and it was all based on like somebody made it up, I guess. Like yeah. maybe because I was out, they'd, one they one of the other interns they was couldn't just believe like, I somebody would turn down the chance to go on air, uh, you know? Yeah. Unless they were like moonlighting at a different radio station. So and usually now. those
0: at alt stations do moonlight at the country station. That's yeah, of a, course, that's what yeah. they all do. Right? What, what what was what was the station uh, ID numbers? I heard you say ninety six. Ninety
1: six uh. wave. It was. 96.1 okay uh, S- wavf was so the, the station
0: the... i was at was 96.3 oh wow uh, so as you said 96 i was like i mean I, yeah i'm seriously listening to you like yeah. say like every every little step of my progress We're like twins. too i'm just like <laughs> this is and as soon as you said 96 i was just like this is bu- this is somewhere twilight zone thing um,
1: did somebody accuse you of going to the country station <laughs> no i mean they actually would
0: have would have probably just encouraged i yeah. i actually did they were having a contest mm-hmm. at, the, at the Top 40 station to find a new night, yeah. like the 7 p.m. DJ. And I made it down to like the final people in that. Yeah. But when I did my final on-air for it, I just realized so much. I was just like, I hate this. Yeah. And it wasn't that I hated radio. I did not like that format. Yeah. So the show that I was uh, with, the, like I've done their Sundance and all of that... It was a morning show that was a lot more talk. Like they play Mm -hmm. one song in the entire four hours. It's all talk. Wow.
1: Yeah. That's a real, that's a morning show. Yeah.
0: And it's, I mean, it's comedy, it's politics, and they're one of the longest running in the country. Wow. And it was, it was just, it was very much me. Mm -hmm. And like I still love those guys and we're we're all still friends and whatnot. And, several times at this other station and one of my friends went on to produce at that station Mm -hmm. and they would always tell her you know we're we're not x96 we're not radio from hell (laughs) and because that was the show name was radio from hell and i always kept thinking you're so adamant of saying we're not this they're the only reason this media company pretty much even exists at this point they're the most successful ones in this building yeah and you want to continually say we aren't them yeah like that's cool, you want to be your own brand and have your own thing. but why point at, like the most successful one here and continually right. say that's not who we are?
1: Yeah. Like, radio is a weird bit. Yeah, but you know what I'm so glad that I got to be part of what was a real radio station. Absolutely. Like the morning crew, the drive time, the tra- yeah. you know the, doing the traffic reports have we had the I'm sure, I don't know what year you were doing that, but we had the, the like tapes. The oh, cassettes yeah. that you'd had to queue up, like the promos, they were on like these cartridges that would go in a thi- anyway. The ours was like, digital. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I was before that. I was like even before that, and like, but I'm so glad I had that experience right. because it was just like there was nothing like it. It was exciting. I I looked forward to going to, you know, to work even though it was like we weren't it. They weren't in like the best. The studios weren't in the best part of town when I first started, mm-hmm. and I remember like you know ringing the doorbell to be let in at like 11 o'clock at night and right like very nervous like looking around and then we moved um like to the west part of town and then that we were there and it was like we were the sweethearts of, mm-hmm. of of that city even now i found uh like there's a fan kind of fan base of what that used to be because it was such a part of the community and like um, the the personalities yeah were, it was such a like a WKRP in Cincinnati yeah, that's very experience. much our radio for yeah. too yeah right. Um, so I'm really glad I got to be part of that that what changed for us was uh, I think it was when Howard Stern was became mm. so popular that they replaced I believe the morning guys with howard stern and okay. then that that chain that began to change like people were cut out. so they were just and, buying syndicated yeah, spots in and just yeah. dropping them and that's in. that's kind of the beginning of the end i think of that whole concept of yeah. like a working radio station that you know yeah I don't, a yeah. lot of
0: people say radio is dead i mean it's still there's certain markets where you know the things yeah. like that happen where yeah they bring in the syndicated show right. that you know, yeah. I'm sure Kevin and being here are pumped into plenty of yeah. of other of other areas during parts of the week, and yeah. you know, it's yeah, it's sad that it kills off those jobs, but yeah. you know, things well, have evolved with yeah. it, and
1: well, now podcasts. I mean, yeah. that's like that's that's the radio. I think for people today, that's the radio is exactly like they want to listen to podcasts, and so yeah, I think it's just it's
0: evolved. Yeah, you know. that's that's kind of how I looked at it too, and I didn't get the other spot. It was just like i i realized i didn't want it yeah i was also like i have more twitter followers than your entire show so yeah. <laughs> right. like i can i can generate my own stuff at right. this point like yeah. yeah a little bit of arrogance there yeah. but <laughs> it was also just like i'm also i have my own freedom i don't have the fcc i have to worry about right. and they were so worried this particular station because again it being in utah uh that they were like, you know, there's certain things that you can't say on air that were not like not a, like FCC's totally fine with it. Yeah. But like they're like, yeah, you couldn't say, you know, oh yeah, that was a bitch. Like you couldn't and I was like Yeah like we don't say bitch and I'm like, what'd you do when Meredith Brooks had the hit song Bitch in the mid
1: nineties? <laughs> oh I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I can hear it in my head right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> that will be stuck yeah. <laughs> for the rest of the day.
0: <laughs> but yeah, there was just it was just a little bit too tidied up for mm-hmm. me and i was just like especially coming from a show like radio from hell yeah where it was just like you could have the freedom to think and to do yeah. and to say and do what you what you needed to and that was that's like why there's such a highly respected show yeah is be, is because of that and mm-hmm. but yeah i it, it's it's a great world to kind of come from i think you learn a lot oh, yeah. especially like when it comes to producing any show, and I'm sure as you've parlayed that mm-hmm. into into comedy shows, even now, because yeah. you learn so much.
1: It all uh, leads uh, to one place. Yeah, I mean, you everything that you learn, and and definitely, I, I learned a lot, and I'm yeah. so glad I got to do that. A, yeah. a
0: job I just applied for with a studio that I'm really crossing my fingers works out. They wanted all sorts of uh, like broadcast experience. Well, you have, and it. I was yeah. just like, I've got six years of it, but I'm yeah. hoping that it translates over to what they. To what they want i'm like i literally created my own position at this place yeah <laughs> good luck
1: i hope you get it Yeah. so i'm like yeah. fingers
0: crossed because it all goes back to radio or it's just yeah. like i learned all this crap yeah, yeah like <laughs> starting off as an intern yeah. making sure that they had their ad reads and, and their yeah. news and
1: it's a hard job it is it i really love is.
0: every single bit of it and yeah. i would in a heartbeat do it again yeah but
1: it's so exciting yeah, yeah. I, it was like a once in a lifetime thing I'm so glad I got that is I I, I have that I'll always have that as my you know background yeah so. I,
0: I would encourage anybody listening that wants to like wants to find some way in mm-hmm. go fi- find the big hit station in your city mm-hmm. and see if they're accepting interns because yeah. especially those big That's stations what I did. They're going to have in bigger guests as well. Mm-hmm. And if you want to create some of these careers, a lot of the times those big guests I mean, every big city has a comedy club. Yeah. They always have major comedians coming through. Right. You can not only get, a, you know, FaceTime with some of them, but also their publicists mm-hmm. and their managers sometimes, depending on who the comedian is. That,
1: right.
0: You know, a lot of them don't travel with their manager, but some really big ones. Yeah. Their manager may be with them and it's a good opportunity to get FaceTime with those people and establish that connection. Mm-hmm. Because that when I moved out here, if it wasn't for producing shows at Sundance and meeting mm-hmm. different publicists, yeah. When I got out here I wouldn't have Yeah, these different publicists like it all again stems back from radio. (laughs)
1: Right. Yeah. And I I, you were saying just go to that radio station. Um, That's what I did. I remember distinctly like going. So this is just to to prove that like I was always in the wrong industry because I was working as a receptionist (laughs) at that oil company. That was the first job I ever had. And I was looking for the creative outlet. And I just walked into their station off the street and I was like, hey, are you guys hiring interns? And they were. And they were like, here, fill out this application. And then when I had the interview, um, they were they were asking me about DJs that were on the station. And I had just moved there. So I didn't know any of them. Oh. And I think that was actually a plus because they were like, oh, she's not like a fan. She just really wants, yeah, to, just wants yeah, to be in radio. Right. So I think that I, I still to this day think that's why they they chose me because they were like, Oh, she's not just, you know, here because she wants like free stuff or she wants to meet these DJs Mm -hmm. or whatever. She just wants to learn. So, yeah, yeah, but that's a good suggestion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I think, I think one of the hardest things for people to figure out is how to crack into Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever area you want to be in. And I mean, I think both of us can say, I mean, even with you working at NBC, Mm -hmm. I get to work with a lot of great publicists and film festivals. And I would say both of us are still going, yeah, if you know how to, crack into it let us know yeah (laughs) (laughs) right. you can have one foot in and be working with things constantly and you're still going yeah i don't know i mean you hear major celebrities that are even like yeah i don't know how like i'm here and i don't know how i got here like i'm just here. Yeah. Like it's a platform nine and three quarters. Somehow you yeah. just go through it and you're just <laughs> right. like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean,
1: even like not speaking about radio, but just anything you're interested right. in. Like I, you know, I had a friend introduce me to um, Beth Lapidus, who runs Uncabaret. And I had a coffee with her and I'm like, hey, I'm, I wasn't in a position yet where I had to, I was still like here with the severance and the the first year. Mm -hmm. And so I, I really put myself out there to be available to people to just learn. And I was like, you know, I worked the door for her. Then she let me book comedians and that I learned how to run a show from her. Um, And then I had an idea for the show that I do now. And I was like, okay, now I know what to do. Like I know how to run a show, you know, professionally on time. You know, treat the comedians with respect, you know, all of that stuff. And so, um, yeah, and that was just putting yourself out there. Right. Hey, what can I do to help you? And I think if you're able to, it's hard because everybody, if you have a full time job, but, you know, you can go and learn if you go to shows at night. Or if you right. go to a mic and maybe you end up running that mic or you offer to stand in for and host a mic or something, mm-hmm. you'll learn a lot about comedy and stand up and meeting people. Then those are the people that you'll grow up with. And, exactly. You know, so um, it's all about sacrifices.
0: It's, yeah. I mean, yeah, I was I wasn't <laughs> completely working full time, but I was when I started radio stuff, I was working for eBay. Mm-hmm. And it's like I would go in. Yeah. Do stuff at eBay. And then when I started doing the morning show, it's like, all right, I'd get into the show at like 5 a.m. Right. So we would wrap up at 10, and I had to book it from Salt Lake, 25 minutes south, and wow, get in, clock in, do my thing. You have to have the devotion. And, yeah. You have
1: to be – if, and I think if you're doing something that you really love, then it's not like as much of a sacrifice as you would think it is. Because right. it's what you want to do. So – you know, you're, that's how you want to spend your time. Mm-hmm. You know, and then eventually, hopefully, we get paid to, yeah. <laughs> to do the thing we love. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's
0: yeah. it's it's a it's the long con. <laughs> it's yes. really what it is. Is it?
1: Isn't it though? It really is. You can't. I mean, you certainly. I learned this the first probably the, before I even moved here was not to have like a time limit mm-hmm. on how long I was going to live here before. Like, if I don't like make it, whatever that means, like get a, the first job or sell the first script. Um, not to have a date. Just right. keep putting one foot in front of the other, and just keep writing, and you know it'll the path will be made clear for you. But just keep doing it, and that's what I've been doing. So um, I'm never not working on something. Always I'm working on
0: something. Yeah, and that, uh, yeah, that's all that all that you can do. Yeah. How, how was it that meltdown and UCB kind of made it onto your radar being out in Texas?
1: You know, well, meltdown. I'm trying to think if we. Because obviously I was going to comedy shows there mm-hmm. and I was interested in comedy. And so coming here, I think it was just looking for shows that were going on to, okay. to go check out. And Meltdown was, was there. And I'm trying to think if they, they didn't have a... I don't know if I... I don't think we knew about them other than just like researching, you know, what shows were going so on. So you weren't
0: l- listening to like Nerdist or anything like that? At no, the time. I okay. wasn't.
1: And I don't know, maybe my husband was or something. But we, um, once we found that show, that was home. Yeah. It was every week, you know, without fail. We were sitting in the same two seats, if we could, <laughs> always in the same, you know, you get your, your spot.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but always. Whichever
0: spot did not have an obstructed view in there. Right,
1: right. Ours was second row, the last two on the right. Okay. kind of close to the booth yeah yeah and uh always and and then just you know and then also hot tub on uh monday oh, yeah, nights read Virgil right Kurt and, and uh, that's and yeah that's still um we had a joke that uh, my husband was a show killer because <laughs> after we were going to meltdown for so long that show ended and then we started going to rabbit hole remember rabbit yeah, hole that,
0: uh, Roy Scoville yeah and, uh, and jay larson and jay larson did. and
1: we always went yeah, we were there. That was that was the Wednesday, right? It, I think it was a Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. And we went mm-hmm. every Wednesday, and then that show ended. <laughs> and there was another show, I think, that, well, just more recently, Put Your Hands Together. Oh, yeah, uh, that we were uh, going Cameron Esposito. Yes, yes. And, I read yes. and yeah. so I, long after I started doing my own show then I was going to Mike's and I was needing to practice a set to do on, on my show, um, my husband kept going. So he was like a regular. Mm-hmm. Same seat, always, you know, like the first, the first seat on the, you know, at UCB Franklin. Um, And yeah, and so now like uh, he's as much a part of our, you know, he says it's my show, but Honestly, he plays a huge part mm-hmm. because he's always, the days I can't go to shows, he's going to shows and taking notes and letting, he'll text me and say, hey, I just heard this comedian. I think you should oh, check him awesome. out. Yeah. So we sort of work as a team. So he's a kind of a, a ghost producer, I yeah. guess you could call it. <laughs> but uh, I keep trying to get him to actually do the bookings. Like, right. just reach out to the comedians. Like, here's what I send. And like, you know, I try to either connect with them through other bookers. If I don't have their contact info, or sometimes we book through t- you know social media platforms yeah and you just yeah and um i'm still i'm always amazed at at the people that we're able to get and um you know i'll i'll just ask and all you can do is ask And that's you know that's all you can do yeah um but i love it and so we're gonna keep we're coming up on i haven't even said the name of the show it's drunk i was about to to say (laughs) it.
0: we, 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 you we, talk need, we need to
1: we need to bring this? in drunkalog
0: here.
1: <laughs> yeah, so um we've been running for almost two years. Uh okay. we're coming up on two years. Our anniversary will be in November. We'll have a November anniversary. Was it always show. at the clubhouse? You know, we started at the clubhouse, but a couple of shows we did at the root Ru- we did one at the Ruby, we did one at Echo on Pico. Echoes okay. on Pico. Um and we did one at Comedy Central Stage. We got invited to go do that after we were running for almost a year. Was
0: that the one Conan O'Brien popped yes, in on? Yes,
1: that was. And and that's still a highlight. Will always be a yeah. highlight of our show. Um, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. He did like twenty minutes in that. Yeah, because yeah.
0: that was leading up to his to his tour, yes. and he just kept popping in on everybody's yes. shows.
1: Yeah, I'm so happy to say that like there were a handful of shows that he popped in on that week, and we were one of them. So that yeah. was awesome. Um, but yeah, we've uh, so it's Drunkalog. Uh, we do it uh, every second Wednesday. Now we're a regular at the Clubhouse, eight o'clock. It's a free show, but, of course, we take donations to pay the rent. Right. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, sometimes we break even, and uh, we always have fun. It's always a good time, and, yeah, we could always use the support, so, yeah. Yeah,
0: and you guys do have a great lineup every single time, and it may not be somebody that you have heard of right Mm -hmm. away, but then you'll be watching a show, and you're just like, there's that comedian, and especially here in L.A., I mean, whether it's Drunkalog or Ask Cat or something, there's going to be that like the handful that you don't know yeah but they're definitely they, yeah those that are building a good career don't get on these shows if they aren't
1: right and i if, if i building m- something my policy is i don't book anyone i haven't seen myself or i haven't uh or isn't like a strong referral from another mm-hmm. booker and even then i go and make sure i've seen their tape or i, right. I don't and i always book the show i want to see So that's why, like, really Meltdown is the bar for that. Like, I look at those shows in Hot Tub, and so those are the kinds of lineups that we look for. And, um, and, I mean... Every lineup, I'm proud of every lineup we we have. There's not a comedian that we've had that I wasn't proud that was on our show. And uh, that's our goal. So we just try to book the best possible show. And then we, like, hope that people come. <laughs> because sometimes <laughs> it's like, it's L.A., so you know how that works. Right. <laughs> Especially, you know, I think it's actually, as much as we want to do a free show, it's like, it's a little bit of a detriment. Because with a free show, you would think you would be, Packed to the rafters yeah. for the lineups that we yeah, have. Yeah, it's a
0: free thing to do in L.A.
1: But what happens is, is people think, oh, okay, I'll go. And then the day of comes and, you know, you're sitting on your couch and you're like, well, do I really want to go out in traffic if you're not really close to mm-hmm. Los Feliz or the clubhouse? And, of course not. You're going to stay home. So... You know, it, it, that's the the challenge is that a free show also means it's really easy to not go at the last minute. Yeah, you're like, eh, I'll go next month. You know, but we always say like, just come if you don't, you know, yeah. just come next month. You know, it'll be another great lineup. So yeah, um, as I was
0: mentioning to you before yeah, we started recording, right. I I you just had a show a couple of nights ago, and yeah. I, I had a, another thing going on, and I, I told Janet that I I was meaning Speaking to of. go to the show, <laughs> and for whatever reason i think it was the show one show you guys did at the ruby it got stuck in my head that yeah. the show was down at the ruby and
1: we did it only one time yeah there.
0: <laughs> and that was in my head and i was just like i don't have time to get home and go eat to dinner and still make it down there and and the clubhouse is three blocks away from I know. from my place that we're at right now yeah. i could have literally walked over there in 10 minutes yeah. and even been early for the show <laughs> <That's> so, <funny. laughs> so how how did drunkalog actually get started
1: so, in the recovery community, a drunk-a-log refers to a person who's going on and on at length about all the bad stuff they did while they were drinking. And it's sort of considered self indulgent and something that you should avoid. Um, so, when I had the idea for a show that featured sober comedians, drunk-a-log was the perfect name. Um, our show is the place where you can tell all those sordid stories. Um, and how it sort of came together is, um, I met a woman named Marianne Loverme. She owns LA County Store, and we were online at Hot Tub. And she recommended me to go see another show, a friend of hers runs at the clubhouse. Uh, his name is Josh Ferlinger, he runs the internet read aloud. And um, I went to, it was my first time ever going to the clubhouse, and I sort of offhand like mentioned you know, hey, who runs this place? Like, how could I get in touch with them? And at the time I was thinking to maybe rent the space to have a table reading or something like that. And Josh said, oh, if you have an idea for a show, here's the number. And of course, um, as soon as he said that, I was like, I do have an idea for a show, um, which was Drunkalog. And then um, a really good friend, Kyle K.A., um, he runs Don't Tell Comedy. Um, and I was working with him at UnCabaret at the time, and it was really encouraging and just was like, just go for it, book it, it'll come together, don't worry, don't overthink. Um, And then uh, Beth Lapetus, who runs UnCabaret, um, she's kind of my role model, and uh, really taught me how to run a show. And uh, um, another friend, Lexi Grace, who really pushed me to go to Mike's, um, was very helpful also. I mean, it just was like a whole community that sort of was coming together at, at you know different, you know points to help this thing happen. Um, so I have to say about that is go see their shows and go visit those stores because those are the people that have really they're they're super supportive and you know that's what we need is to support the supporters. Um, but, you know, we're coming. So can I mention a few people that are Absolutely. coming? So uh, September 11th is our next show, and we're going to have Beth Stelling. Oh, I love Beth I know. Selling. Isn't she awesome? And we're going to have Daniel Perez and Valerie Tosi. I hope okay. I'm saying her last name right. Um, and then in October, we're going to have Robin Tran, um, uh, Dwayne Perkins. Love Dwayne Perkins. I know. And... Um, I think someone else I'm forgetting right now, but uh, then uh, Whitmer Thomas uh, should be in the fall, and uh, Lorehouse, who has okay. a show at the Improv called How to Hate Yourself. So yeah, so we're yeah we're we've got you know more great lineups coming. Yeah. So every second Wednesday, please come.
0: Yeah, and 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 like I was saying, you might not recognize a comic. I recognize every one of their names, but yeah. I only know a few of them off of the top of my head. Yeah. But it's like they're again, they're names that you know for a reason. So yeah.
1: Yeah, and and if you don't get out there, and it's going to
0: be a show you'll enjoy. Yeah,
1: it'll be. We had um, Jordan Dahl was on last uh, last show, and he was a favorite. Um, Patrick Sussmilch was on, and um, like I had people come up Mm -hmm. to me afterwards or say. Patrick's joke was my favorite joke of the night. They always always hear. Oh, or awesome. or Jordan was um like uh like a few people mentioned to me they really liked his set, or we had Bucky Sinister and uh like it, it's just whoever you have, there's the audience is and that's what I love about comedy. It's like with such a varied group of people somebody's favorite is different than the next person's so there's right. something for everybody it's like no matter what your style is you're gonna you'll find something that you like so yeah yeah
0: it was it was funny because even even at meltdown you know the interns came and mm-hmm. would come and go and yeah there there would be comics that would be coming through and i'd be like oh this person's amazing and like half of the other interns would be like i have no idea who that is yeah and, I would be all giddy for them to, but then they would also have somebody that would be like, oh, this person's coming through. And I'm like, who the hell is that? So then you I mean, learn you learn yeah. all the names you know you, you go you to enough shows learn yeah. you
1: learn the names and like and also who your favorites are and you know I definitely have my favorites so I won't say as a person who books a show I won't say who they are Yeah, but, but I have mine and like the people that I'm like going to look for to go to shows and something else that I should mention that we do is um, what we've started doing which is a lot of fun is even though we're a free show um, every show for the last like few months we've started this and it's like a really fun thing to do we give away tickets to another show oh that's cool. like paid tickets so it's like we're not not just giving away free tickets we're like giving away tickets to um to other shows and we're doing like supporting the comedians that do our show oh that's awesome yeah so we're all it's a good way to pay it forward yeah yeah so that's a way to support them because you know it's we're all doing this for love (laughs) (laughs) so we try to do our part
0: yeah and with a lot of I, i don't think a lot of people do realize that a lot of the comics do come to these shows and they're they're working for free. Yeah. Like it's there's so many shows, and when you're building building a show, yeah, you don't necessarily have the finances to keep a keep right. a show up and going, and and to be paying every single comic that comes through. Right. And so yeah, a lot of comics and th- they'll come in, they'll do their set, and they head off to the next yeah uh, to the next show that they're doing. And it was it was always fun when certain ones would hang around at Meltdown, yeah. to watch their friends, but. I mean, plenty of them would come in, they'd quickly do their set and hop out because they were headed over to the comedy store, or right. over to the laugh factory, or yeah, or the improv, just somewhere that you know they, yeah, they had three or four sets they were, yeah, you gotta they, they get were to that jumping stage on. time, you know. But yeah, trying yeah. to get people to shows is definitely,
1: yeah.
0: I, I've tried to put up two shows and both have failed. Oh
1: no, well, how did they fail? I mean, well, you know, what do you say that? So
0: the first one was before I had lived here, okay, and we were going to do the hundredth episode of the podcast at okay. Meltdown, so okay. it was booked and everything and uh we had lady to lady as our guests okay, and it's like I hear that. Yeah. everybody loves you Barbara know gray. Barbara gray yeah. and brandy and yeah. and tess and we're like this you know we should be able to get a good lineup right but it trying to and like looking at our numbers for LA it was like all right this should be good and it's like with the other comics i was bringing with me right like this this should do and uh, Caitlin sends me a text like a couple of days before, and she's like, "We haven't sold anything," and I was just like, "Oh, oh, yeah, all right." I'm not going to be on the hook for this, so yeah. Uh, what
1: what do you what do you think the reason was? Um,
0: a lack of promoting since I wasn't here,
1: mm. and it's like
0: I did an interview with LA Weekly and everything, yeah. but and like I had friends that reached out that were just like, "Hey, so I, I saw you're doing the the hundredth episode," and I'm like, "Cool." Why didn't you buy tickets? But the thing, yeah. like this day of. Uh, we still recorded the episode and stuff at Meltdown, yeah. just like in the tech room and stuff. Mm-hmm. People were showing up to buy tickets, oh, and we had already canceled.
1: Oh no! Yeah, and that so is. Part it was of one it of those here. things where it was just like they know about it. Buy they, yeah. tickets in advance because oh, I wish that from your lips. Yeah, because it, to it, the it's comedy <laughs> gods' <laughs> ears. You know how important it is to to do that in advance, so you can expect you know, and even do you know we've had up to. Eighty people, eighty ticket res- reservations, and for our space, mm-hmm. that's really nice. And maybe half—it's like maybe right. it's just people reserve. I don't know what the deal is with that. Even reserving and then not showing up, you know. Yeah, of course, I think that's it's different that they—they're the
0: worried that it's going to sell out.
1: Oh uh, yeah, and, and they want to make sure they have. They a seat. want to make
0: sure they have a seat, and then they don't come. Yeah, and then something <laughs> comes up, and they don't come. But yeah. Yeah,
1: it's anytime I get an RSVP for ten, like four, no more than four tickets. I'm very suspicious. Oh yeah, I'm like, oh, this is nobody. (laughs) This is not somebody who's actually going to show up. You know, it's that I'm thinking I want to hold a seat in case. Yeah, yeah,
0: it it killed me a little when I saw people showing up at the door and then they had to be like, oh "Oh, no, that show was canceled, and it was like, yeah, and we would have actually had an audience. Okay,
1: yeah, oh that's such a but then the,
0: the second one. It was... I was forewarned that it probably Mm. would not do
1: well. Right. Uh, Was it it at Meltdown also?
0: It was at Meltdown as well. Okay. Uh, And it was a sketch show I was putting up. Okay. And uh, right away, Caitlin warned me uh, that sketch shows just did not do well
1: there. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't remember seeing many sketch shows And she was
0: just like, they don't do well, but she loved the idea, so she was Mm -hmm. like, let's move forward with it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm playing this one by ear. Yeah. Because I knew this. And it was... Uh, what we had called it was the best picture sketch show okay and so as the best pictures were announced for the oscars we were going to do a sketch show just in case you didn't get a chance to see all of them <laughs> okay. and so it was like a three to four minute sketch for each one
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, that really had almost nothing to do with <laughs> the with, actual with movie. the actual movie <laughs> uh, like it was the year that, like call me by your name and uh-huh. some of that was in there and like our entire sketch was just focused on the confusion and like at the end of the trailer where, uh, he's, he's just like, call me by your name and I'll, or you call me by your name and I'll call you by mine or something like that. It was kind of
1: like an obsession yeah. commercial. <laughs> like,
0: it was... And so our whole thing was, it was cutting to us in the bed. Like, cause we filmed, uh-huh. we were filming a few of them in advance uh-huh. and that was going to wait. So, so I'm you and and, and you're me. <laughs> and and then it yeah. turned out that there was a third person yeah. in bed that just got up. And was like, oh for fuck's sake! Every <laughs> single night, <laughs> and oh. and so it's like we just had stupid things like that, like the Phantom Thread that oh. I got so bored just watching the trailer. We didn't even bother seeing it, so our sketch mm-hmm. was we didn't bother seeing this. So here's what we think it was about, mm. and it was you know when you have like a dangling thread on your shirt. Oh, that's funny, and. You, f- or you feel like you have one, but there's nothing there, and it's known as a phantom thread. Right, that's funny. And since it was Daniel Day Lewis, it was Abraham Lincoln coming in. <laughs> and it was it was so insane. Some of them were just so dumb. Yeah. Uh, the Darkest Hour we called the Darkest Dunkirk since it was just uh, Dunkirk but not Dunkirk.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Want to be Dunkirk? Yeah, our because we made a trailer for that, and it was. Uh, the movie about Dunkirk that isn't Dunkirk <laughs> was our tagline for right. it. And because uh, Winston Churchill, there's going to the like the mumble rap type thing. <laughs> we uh, made this entire trailer, but took the music from 8 Mile uh-huh. uh, oh from Lose Gosh. Yourself <gasps> and had basically just cut it into the trailer with, Winston Churchill's just like, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't
1: want to come see that.
0: It, right. it was just stupid nonsense. And it was going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And like a week before, like I kept checking. I mean, especially since I was working there, like i see. Kept checking, checking and checking and like all the interns were like, this show is going to be awesome. Like I was pitching all right. of them. Like this is what we're thinking on this. And they're like, oh, that's hilarious. Like keep yeah. doing. And when we canceled, several of them were like, no, what we happened? were really looking forward to this. And we we're just like,
1: you know, I, I guess promotion then, right? Yeah, like, that's that like the we're magic. we're
0: getting decent promotion. Yeah. But sometimes it's getting those on the show to promote it. Yeah. And then it's like we also book you for a reason. Like Right.
1: <laughs> you know that's true that's like nobody like it's not uh you know you hear about bringer shows like you, oh, know, you get yeah. booked and you must you bring, must bring
0: five to ten yeah, people yeah it's like
1: not like that but
0: like just tweet
1: Dude, about just it tell people. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like and i get it that like for some comedians i i understand like if it's if my if my show is it's a free show if it's viewed as, as like i'm just getting stage time i'm doing a mic mm-hmm. i'm really doing you're doing me a favor by coming on the show yeah but like and tweet about it, <laughs> like just say, "Yeah, you're just mention i be you know, here. you know, don't be ashamed that you're doing our yeah. show. Please, just tweet. And mostly, I have to say, most people do. They'll do a, you know, retweet. They'll mm-hmm. like something. They'll fake whatever. So I don't. We don't really have a problem with that. But. I think my own promotion just, I feel like sometimes it goes into a void. And and I never know. Like, I can see the views yeah. on, on It's playing posts. with
0: that stupid social media algorithm, oh, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, if you ever figure that out, you know. Whatever you they to...
0: did in this last update, mm-hmm. like, and this is going to sound so petty, but yeah. Instagram likes. I went from mm. getting, you know, a pretty good amount to, like, minuscule numbers now.
1: With... In, with posting on Instagram? Uh-huh, or? with
0: posting on Instagram because they changed the algorithm. And it was the same with, with Facebook. I used to know what time, like if I was posting jokes or I was posting right. an, an episode, I knew what intervals I needed to hit. Oh. And all of a sudden those disappeared.
1: I don't know, even know that. I just so post- those
0: change. So even if I yeah. told you what they were, they don't matter. I, I just g-
1: post like, I just try to post yeah. like uh, who's going to be on. And- I post
0: later at night now, like okay. 9, 10 p.m. Yeah. It's Oof. weird.
1: It's a mystery to me because yeah. like I'll post some like I always do like a like a what do you call it like a slideshow, mm-hmm. um, that always seems to have the most views because it's fun to like see the little thing go by with like right. how many people are on, and then our little poster or whatever. But, um, but I mean, I post in groups. I yeah. you know Twitter, Facebook. I don't know. I, I it's always a mystery, and I you know honestly I just. I just try for the, you know, to get the best house we can. <laughs> right. But, um, but really it is word of mouth too. Like I'm always shocked when somebody will say, you know, uh, that they heard about our show somehow. And I'm like, how did you hear about us? And like, I want to know. And it's always a mystery to me. Yeah. So, and Eventbrite, you know, we post Eventbrite. So I think there's some, there's some discovery there. We partner sometimes with Comedy Cake or um, we, I put up my own Do LA post every month and those get views separately. Mm-hmm. So that helps bring people. But, um really it's just friends talking about it yeah. things like this like talking about it on your podcast is going to hopefully uh, we yeah hope. it'll, it'll, it'll
0: hopefully bring, yeah. bring more to it and that, yeah th- i mean that's what keeps me even doing the podcast is it's like i mm-hmm. like talking to people that are yeah. creatives and you know whether you know both of us are writing or going through radio yeah. or putting on a show it, it's finding finding those shared areas of mm-hmm. creativity and yeah. being able to say hey check out what this person's what this person's doing?
1: There's so many. There's so much, and so much that we don't even write There's some little show that's the best show we've ever seen, yeah. and we don't even know about it. Oh yeah, because they're like, <laughs> we don't, we haven't seen the ad or the promotion or the post or whatever. Right. So yeah. I guess you just have to get out there and and just you know.
0: There's more to Netflix, people. More yes, than Netflix to life. <laughs> right. Oh my
1: gosh, you said it. So.
0: <laughs> that being said, I'll probably spend the rest of the night on Netflix. Oh, I know, right. <laughs> tell you i know i was like we were
1: watching glow earlier <laughs> so that's netflix right yeah yeah
0: i have not started the new season of glow yet
1: yeah we just started i think on like three episodes i, I in. randomly
0: recently got hooked into ballers oh I yeah never in a million years like i like the rock as a person i've yeah. never i don't think i've watched a single one of his <laughs> movies because they're just not my actually i i, I went yeah. to a screening for one of the fast and furious that he was in yeah. they're just not my style of movie i would never intentionally go see them and i watched the pilot for ballers because i kept yeah. hearing that it actually was a really good show yeah it's a pretty good show it's i'll have to give it a chance Yeah, i, have I haven't not, seen one episode i have not minded it whatsoever the story arcs are far i just just like it's just some dumb show about football i'm sure yeah and it's like yeah that's one of the elements of it but mm-hmm. no there's a lot like the season i'm finishing up right now like there's a lot of political undertones mm-hmm. that yeah, and, and some we'll some things that I'm like I I'm interested to see where this goes and
1: what other shows are you watching right now? Or what's, um, like let's what? talk recommend after the, we said the, don't the, watch Netflix, yeah. we're the, like the new, So what uh, else is on Netflix that you're into <laughs> that I can add to my? IQ? The new Veronica
0: Mars. So I'm like, I haven't seen three that episodes from finishing the, the new season of that, and that's been that's been fantastic. Really, I have to give that a try. Um, what else have I? I'm trying to think, I can't think of any like it's, I, those have kind of been the main yeah. and then I randomly have had Futurama going in the background but I just finished oh, watching always all of that you yeah that's put on, always, always always
1: I mean for me like I'll go watch anytime like Parks and Rec Seinfeld oh, yeah. in the office always like I can just run through those again
0: Seinfeld I do once a year yeah wow. and, and I do that because when I get in, when I feel like I get to create a creative funk mm-hmm. Seinfeld was such an influence on me as a kid yeah. that I can turn that back on And just the cadence and the creativity of the show, and just how intelligent the show is done. Yeah, it gets my brain going. And like the last time that I had rewatched it, I was uh, driving down Fairfax and saw something, and it it inspired an entire screenplay. Like I saw the beginning, middle, like I saw the full arc, and I I had to quickly pull over and just pull out my notes on my phone just to write the whole thing down, and then quickly send it to my wife, and it was just like, hey what do you think of this uh-huh. Like that, that that's pretty good where did you just come up with that and i was like i drove past this and yeah this is what just came out and wow and every it's time i watch inspired. it it just it gets my brain going it's the same with the simpsons yeah i so. think
1: did you ever hear or read that um that seinfeld is like follows the herald improv format have you ever heard that no yeah i i I'm going to find the article okay. and I'll send it to you. But I found that very interesting because at the time I was taking, maybe it was an improv class that yeah. somebody said something about it. And it's true. Like if you go back and look at old episodes. So I'm going to, I'll find
0: it. And yeah, I'll send, send it that to me. You. Yeah. yeah. I, would, I would love to read through that. Yeah. And um, did you ever do improv or? I, so my improv journey has started and then, I was like, I don't know that I want to do improv, and mm. now I'm planning to start classes at UCB. Yeah, because I did, I did one class at the Groundlings, mm-hmm. and this was before living here in LA. Like mm. my, uh, one of my regular producing partners, we both wanted an improv class, and there was one at Groundlings. It was a like a four hour class at night, mm-hmm. and we drove down on a Tuesday uh, from Salt Lake. The class was on a Wednesday. And we had to drive back, or no, it was like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because we drove back the day before Thanksgiving.
1: You're like my new model for commitment <laughs> and persistence and just putting it out there. Wow.
0: And every everybody, I remember, were sitting at Groundland and like, oh, so where are you guys from? And we are like, oh, Salt Lake City. And they are like, oh, so you guys just like here for the holiday? Like, and we were like, or
1: like, you're new to the city uh, from yeah. Salt Lake. You're still we're saying like, oh, no, that we, you're from Salt Lake. We drove
0: down yesterday. <laughs> and we we're and, going uh, back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we, we'd, we'd go back tomorrow. and. Oh, they were just my like wait gosh. seriously and they're like yeah and they're like how far is that like, oh, like 700 miles oh, like wow. yeah I just made the drive down and that's something yeah did you
1: have you registered yet for your 101 not yet okay can i give you a suggestion go for it if you get a chance try to take 101 with julie brister okay I, that was my 101 teacher and i loved her so much that i took the i think it was 301 i had to skip. Like she doesn't, she didn't do 201 or something and okay. she did 301 also, but she is fantastic. Excellent. i get a chance. Take it with her. Yeah.
0: What's funny is before we even did the groundlings class, we had ordered the UCB manual. Oh yeah. And so we were already were like. Were already
1: doing like a book club with the UCB <laughs> manual before you
0: came to <laughs> We totally were. Yeah. Like we were, we were studying through that because it was just like, what are they doing? We like, I knew UCB and like, I was already starting into second mm-hmm. cities, like online writing but I was just like all right I know Second City and Groundlings are different and I very distinctly on yeah. what they specialize in. Yeah. And so I was like I want to know all like I have to know what each one of them is doing and Yeah. I've I, never I'm taken that I did that.
1: never taken Second City. I always thought about going and taking a class at the pack. Um still haven't done that. Um and of course to me Groundlings is like another level. I oh, can't yeah. even imagine. But UCB for me is a good like like a good firm basis mm-hmm. in sketch structure if that's what you want to do or in, in improv. I mean that it's yeah. just it's a it's a good place to start, I think. Um, but yeah, I did both programs. So I you know, I I actually I need to I've got a class I want to go back and take three oh one again. So yeah, the
0: way the way I looked at it was Second City is all about the very basic structure. Yeah. Everything that they do is like this is what improv is. Mm-hmm. And this is what sketching—it gets all the very basic of what every single thing is made off of. Right. UCB kind of takes that to a different spot. I feel like where Mm -hmm. UCB is like, okay, here's the basic structure, Mm -hmm. and here's how we really build on that. Okay. And I started realizing these differences because I was like, I can see where Second City people end up, Mm -hmm. and a lot of them end up, you know. In things that are very structured fields that kind of yeah. l- last a while, where UCB people kind of are able to bounce all over the place and yeah. they're because they they have that structure, but then they have the I mean just learning their long form uh, way of doing improv. Yeah, it just keeps you moving to such a different level and a different way of thinking. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, UCB just kind of builds on that so much more, and the growling is just so much character like, like they really he,
1: encourage you to just put it all
0: out there yeah is what i've heard yeah. yeah it's just character 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 yeah. i think i'd heard rachel bloom put it as uh she didn't do ground lanes because it was just a really expensive way to learn to put on a wig but <laughs> <laughs> but um, i i loved the one class i did at the ground lanes and yeah. i know the ground lanes isn't for me i am not a character person like that but yeah. for people that are my my friend johnny who's in Second Cities Conservatory in Chicago. We keep telling him, like, I mean, it was his dream to be in the Second City Conservatory. Yeah. But we're just like, Dude Groundlings is for you, like, because he is such a character actor. Oh, yeah. And he started doing this thing called Thrift Shop Thursdays. And I think he's just been so <laughs> like busy. Like, costume shopping? <laughs> basically, he would go into a thrift shop, find a shirt or an outfit and create a character based on that. That is such a good idea. Yeah, it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. But I think he's just been so busy with the conservatory for the last like month mm-hmm. and a half that he hasn't he hasn't had any go up. Yeah. But the ones that are up, they're definitely worth yeah. watching. They're so Man. so funny.
1: Speaking of you talking talking about characters makes me think about um talking to Netflix the yeah. I think you should leave. Have you watched that?
0: No, Tim Robinson's. Yeah. I have not had a chance to watch that, yet.
1: Add that to your your oh, list.
0: I, I think it's in my I think it's in my watch list it just had yeah. not gone to that. That is like I mean yet. blew
1: me away as far as it's looking at it and just being floored by like when you talk about like the, um, raising the stakes in mm-hmm. a game it blows me away. Even now I've I just now have gone back to rewatch some things. Just to just to study it a little bit more. So yeah. I, w-
0: I highly suggest that one.
1: And then we can we can have like a another we'll ch- we'll catch up about it once you've seen <laughs> yeah. it. I wanna have like a talk about it. So
0: I'm I'm almost done with all my shows I'm watching now, so that'll have to make it to my next yeah. my next little binge session. Yes, <laughs> yeah. You'll love it. So, Jen, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to come out, especially yeah, on a Saturday a where the parking's not as easy over here. I,
1: I'm always like, I'm a hawk when it comes to finding a parking space. Yeah. So I parked just on the other, on one street over. Oh, nice. And I, yeah, it was a like, I, I think I walked four minutes. Oh, so. yeah, Perfect. <laughs> telling you i have like i have an
0: eye (laughs) so my my wife does too and it's almost there's been a few eerie times where we're coming up the street Uh and she's just been like give us a spot and like motions with her hand the car has actually moved when she's done that oh my gosh and it's happened on more than one occasion yeah and i'm just like what freak power do you have that just like gives us parking spots and and how do you bottle that and sell
1: it? because then we will never have to work another day Right. (laughs) right especially in this town yeah yeah
0: so where can everybody find you on social media so they can come to Drunkalog yeah, and even just follow what you're doing.
1: Absolutely, um, at Drunkalog Show, um, and that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Drunkalogshow.com. We always put up a poster and you know a link to the tickets and everything for every show
0: excellent yeah so well now that i now that i realize it's just three blocks away from pretty it's much so close. I, I don't have any excuse to not, to I not hope make you'll it over come. there come next month that's yeah. selling yeah plus the fat burgers right there and oh they have, yeah. and they have the impossible burger so oh, it makes i have me...
1: something for you not fat burger just one block home state have you ever been to i have home not state? and everybody
0: <gasps> keeps telling me i need to go there
1: okay I'm from Texas and I'm telling you the the woman who runs it is from Texas. Okay. The flour tortillas are homemade. Ooh. And you got to go to Homestead. And you can you can park at the parking lot, go walk to Homestead. We do this. Walk to Homestead, go get your tacos and, you know, and then come to the show. Perfect. So.
0: Excellent. Well, again, thank you so thank much you. for coming over. Thank you over for having and, me. I enjoyed yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We'll
1: see you. Okay, bye.